Good evening, this is your host, Mr. Dark, bringing you a series of some of the most terrifying, strange, and true short horror stories of crimes, murders, abductions, and experiences. You're listening to the Dark Side Diaries podcast. Monster of the Andes, Pedro Lopez. Born on October 8, 1948, in Santa Isabel, Colombia, Pedro Lopez was the seventh child among 13 siblings of his parents, Medardo and Belinda Reyes. Lopez had a horrible upbringing. His father was a member of the country's right-wing party and was killed in the armed conflict called La Valencia. His mother Belinda would resort to prostitution, and Lopez would witness her being physically abused. Lopez would state this later had disturbing effects on his mental health. In 1957, eight-year-old Lopez was caught by his mother fondling his younger sister. She would kick him out of the family home. Lopez would wind up in Bugada, Colombia's capital city, and became one of the homeless children. While living on the streets, Lopez said he was abducted by a man where they took him to an abandoned building and raped him. Lopez said at 12 years old, an elderly American couple found him on the streets and gave him a home. They enrolled him at a school for orphans, but after two years would run away again after being molested by a male teacher. Lopez was arrested at 18 years old for stealing cars and selling them to local chop shops. Lopez claimed that while incarcerated, he was brutally gang raped. Still in prison, he stated he hunted down those that raped him and killed them. Upon being released from prison in the 70s, he said he made his way to Peru, where his crimes would get even more sinister. Lopez estimated he had raped and murdered at least 100 young girls in Peru between the mid to late 70s. During his last attempt in Peru, Lopez was caught by the Ayacacho's indigenous tribe when he attempted to kidnap a nine-year-old girl. According to Lopez, he was subjected to tribal law where they tied him up and buried him in sand up to his neck. Being unable to move, they poured syrup on him and were going to let him be eaten by ants. Upon his execution, a Christian missionary from the U.S. intervened and persuaded them to hand him over to the state police. Putting Lopez in the back of her jeep, she drove away with him, only to release him at the border of Colombia without truly considering the crimes inflicted upon natives and the danger he posed to society. As a free man, Lopez returned to Colombia and later moved to Ecuador, where a rash of missing girls in three countries were blamed on the activeness of slavery or prostitution rings. But the authorities had no firm evidence and no suspects to prove that. But that would change in March of 1980. A mother, Carlina Ramon Puveta, screamed when she spotted Lopez making off with her 10-year-old daughter Maria at a market. Townspeople at the market helped her capture him, where he was put in police custody. Once in police custody, Lopez refused to cooperate with authorities. They decided to send in a priest, Pastor Cordova Guadino, as an undercover inmate. Gaining Lopez's trust, Guadino was able to get a confession from Lopez, as well as details about sites where the victims were buried. According to his disturbing confessions, he said he had murdered at least 110 girls in Ecuador, around 100 in Colombia, and more than 100 in Peru. The police only believed his confessions when Lopez led detectives to 53 graves in the vicinity of Ambato, where a flash flood uncovered a mass grave containing some of his victims. 
On July 31, 1981, 33-year-old Lopez pled guilty to the murders of 57 girls and was imprisoned in Ambato. Because of Ecuador's laws, Lopez only received a maximum sentence of 16 years. On August 31, 1994, Lopez was released after serving 14 years, two years earlier than his sentence for good behavior. He was deported to Colombia, where authorities attempted to convict him of a two-decades-old murder. But instead, Lopez was declared insane and in 1995 institutionalized in a psychiatric facility. In February 1998, he was declared sane and released under $50 bail. In an exclusive 1994 interview in his prison cell at Mbatu, Ecuador, Lopez, who was 43 years old at the time, gave some disturbing accounts on how he murdered his victims. He would say, I am the man of the century. No one will ever forget me. There is a wonderful moment, a divine moment, when I have my hands around a young girl's throat. I look into her eyes and see a certain light, a spark, suddenly go out. Her fingers flutter briefly at the moment of death. It is enthralling and exciting. Only those who actually kill know what I mean. Someday, when I am released, I will feel that moment again. I will be happy to kill again. It is my mission. Pedro Lopez's whereabouts are still unknown as of 2021. Green River Killer, Gary Ridgway. One of the nation's most prolific killers, Gary Ridgway, is famous for killing 48 young women, but claimed that there were as many as 90 victims in total. Ridgway was born February 18, 1949, in Salt Lake City, Utah, but his family would raise him in the SeaTac, Washington area. Growing up, Ridgway had a troubled upbringing where he witnessed multiple violent arguments between his mother and father and was a poor student who suffered from dyslexia. At the age of 16, he already showed a sinister side. Ridgway claimed he led a six-year-old boy into the woods and stabbed him, but the boy survived. Ridgway would say he did it just to see how stabbing someone felt. Ridgway graduated from high school in 1969 and married his 19-year-old high school girlfriend, Claudia Craig. With Ridgway joining the Navy and being sent overseas to Vietnam, he began seeing prostitutes and would find his appetite for sex workers. The marriage didn't last long due to infidelities of both he and Craig, and they would divorce in 1972. Ridgway would marry his second wife, Marcia Winslow, in 1973. During his second marriage, Ridgway would become extremely religious, but despite his beliefs, he continued to visit prostitutes and wanted his wife to participate in sex in public. They would have a son in 1975, and Winslow claimed that he had placed her in a chokehold at some point in the marriage. Again, due to infidelity of both he and Winslow, they would divorce in 1981. Ridgway's killings began in 1982, with young runaways and prostitutes being his victims of choice. The young women began disappearing from State Route 99 in South King County, Washington. He committed the majority of his murders between 1982 and 1984. Ridgway would pick up a girl, engage in sexual intercourse from behind, and wrap his forearm around the front of their necks. He would use the other arm to pull back as tightly as he could, and strangle them. Most of his victims were killed in his home, his truck, or an isolated area. He 
he dumped most of the bodies in wooded areas around the Green River, Seattle, Tacoma area and other dump sites within South King County. If the women were at all apprehensive, Ridgway would show them a picture of his son to trick them into trusting him. He would often leave the bodies in clusters, sometimes posed and usually nude. Ridgway would say that he did not find necrophilus sexually satisfying, but he would sometimes return to his victims' bodies and have sex with them. He would explain having sex with the dead reduced his need to obtain a living victim and limit his possibility of being caught. Ridgway said he liked killing prostitutes. They were easy to pick up, slow to be reported missing, and if they had any money on them, they ended up paying him for their own murder. He had rules and was very methodical, which helped him stay off the radar of investigators for such a long time. He always wore gloves and would not pick up prostitutes unless they were alone. And even though he didn't smoke or chew gum, he would leave cigarette butts and gum wrappers near his victims' bodies as clues to confuse police. In the 1980s, the Green River Task Force was created to investigate the murders. They would first question Ridgway in 1983, when the police received a lead that saw a young woman on the night she disappeared get into a truck similar to Ridgway's. He would deny ever picking her up, and police moved on. His name would resurface many more times in 1984 and was given a polygraph test, but he passed the test where he denied killing any woman. In April 1987, the police requested a hair and saliva sample from Ridgway, which would become useful in the future of this case. Ridgway would marry his third wife, Judith Lynch, in 1988, whom he was dating since 1985. He had said while in the relationship with Judith, his kill rate went down and that he truly loved her. Of all of his known victims, only three were killed after he married her. She told a local television reporter, I feel I have saved lives by being his wife and making him happy. In 2001, Ridgway wouldn't be able to hide from the law anymore when the King County Sheriff re-examined evidence using newly developed DNA testing technology. The analysis would connect evidence from four of the victims and Ridgway. At the time of Ridgway's December 18, 2003 sentencing, Authorities had been able to find at least 48 sets of remains, including victims not originally attributed to the Green River Killer. King County Superior Court Judge Richard Jones sentenced Ridgway to 48 life sentences with no possibility of parole and one life sentence to be served consecutively. Ridgway would claim that there were as many as 90 victims in total, which would require him in his plea agreement to plead guilty to any and all future cases in King County, where his confession could be corroborated by reliable evidence. This concludes our episode of the Dark Side Diaries. Please remember to follow, like, share, and subscribe for future episodes.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 